Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Last week, Sheryl Sandberg shocked the world. Sheryl Sandberg is stepping down after 14 years at Facebook and now Meta. The chief operating officer of Meta, formerly Facebook, announced that she was stepping down from the company after 14 years at Mark Zuckerberg's side. And reports of her closeness with Zuckerberg, they're not exaggerated. When she started the job, she asked for three things. That they would sit next to each other, that they'd meet one-on-one every week, and for honest feedback when he thought that she'd messed something up. Mark agreed to all of it, on the condition the feedback would have to be mutual. In the midst of extraordinary change at Facebook in the last 14 years, Sheryl Sandberg has been at the centre of it all. It's Monday, the 6th of June, and today I want to know, what does a post-Sandberg world look like at Meta? And what will she do next? To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague and the co-founder of Equity Mates, Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome. It's nice to see you after a week away. You did a great job last week. Thanks, Sasha. I am glad you are back in hosting duties. The pressure is off my shoulders once again. (laughs) (laughs) No, the pressure is on because you're going to tell me all about Cheryl. So before we look forward, let's look back. Cheryl has had an incredible career at Facebook, one worth celebrating and one worth talking about. So for those of us who don't know a lot... Tell us about it. Give us the elevator pitch. It's said that Zuckerberg built a product and Sandberg built a business. And it is an incredible career that she's built uh, and an incredible company that she's built. When we talk about her career, I think we can really break it up into three parts. The first, Silicon Valley's rising star from before her time at Facebook to when Facebook IPO'd in 2012. Then there was the lean-in era. That was when Sandberg found herself a feminist icon with the publishing of her book, Lean In, in 2013. Women have been 14% of the top jobs in corporate America for 10 years. 10 years of no progress. And then the third part, the political fallout, which was the post-2016 election to now, controversy after controversy. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. All stories, they say, are supposed to have a good three-act structure, and those are three juicy acts. Personally, I only became aware of Cheryl in the lean-in era, which you'll talk about in time, but let's go to the pre-IPO section. So before joining Facebook, Sandberg was already a rising star in Silicon Valley. She was a young executive at Google running uh, Google's advertising operation. She joined there in 2001, so still pretty early days at the search giant right in the middle of the tech wreck. So you've got to have some confidence to go to Google in 2001. Uh, But before then, she had worked at McKinsey and in America's Treasury Department. She was the chief of staff at the Treasury. Pretty good CV so far. Very impressive CV. When she joined Facebook in 2008, it was still in its infancy. Uh, She was often called the adult in the room early days because it was a bunch of 20-something-year-old coders building a product. Zuckerberg himself was 23 years old. And he had built a viral platform. There was no denying that. Facebook was an incredible story. 
but it wasn't really a business model behind it. So Sandberg flourished in that role of building the business and Facebook flourished with her. She masterminded the firm's growth as an ad platform. By 2010, Facebook was profitable. By 2012, Facebook IPO'd. It was worth $46 billion and was bringing in $5 billion in revenue a year. Most of it from advertising, Sandberg was largely responsible for that. Those are extraordinary metrics and like a real testament to her skill. So that was Act 1 from Rising Star to Facebook IPO. Now tell me about Act 2, the lean-in era. This is one that I personally remember all too well. So did you teach yourself to lean in? So by 2012, Sandberg was incredibly well-known and Facebook was the company on everyone's lips. Then in 2013, she writes Lean In, which was a book about, uh, I guess, the obstacles women face in the workplace and how she thinks they need to lean in and overcome them. I would say it led to lots of fierce book club discussions. Okay, That's okay. my kind of memory of it. I think a world that was run where half of our countries and half of our companies were run by women would be a better world. Yeah, right. Okay, well, look, I haven't read it, uh, so perhaps you're better to talk about this part of her life. But I think the long and the short of it is she became a business celebrity, she became a feminist icon, and she became one of the most famous business executives globally. To give you an idea of how famous, she was suddenly being spoken about as the next CEO of Disney or for a role in a potential Hillary Clinton administration perhaps even a vice presidential candidate. So we need leadership and we need her leadership. So that takes us to the third act, the 2016 election and all of the controversy since. That's fascinating to think of now when you put vice presidential candidate for Hillary Clinton's administration right next to what we all know happened yeah. in the 2016 election. A real sliding doors moment and some may say that Facebook were the ones sliding those doors. <laughs> but look, I don't think we need to take the time to talk about the controversies that have happened post-2016. Most people, myself included, are sick of hearing about them. So Facebook acknowledged yesterday that most of your 2 billion users could have had their profile, their personal profile information harvested, stolen. That is a stunningly damaging piece of information, isn't it? Cambridge Analytica, Russian disinformation, fake news. More recently, we've had vaccine misinformation, the Rohingya genocide, the cryptocurrency Libra, whistleblowers. You're playing all the hits though. You've just lined them all back to back. Yeah. So we know how these stories played out externally. We know that there was congressional hearings. We know there was the hashtag delete Facebook movement. We know that there are now proposed laws that are trying to curb Facebook's power or break it up. And we know that there's been court cases in the US about it. Here in Australia, we had the news bargaining code that came about trying to curb Facebook's power. But for this story, this story about Sandberg and what's next for Meta, what matters isn't the external reaction as much as the internal reaction, because it's been never confirmed, but extensively reported that Zuckerberg blamed Sandberg for many of these controversies. Advertising, privacy, content moderation, they were all overseen by Sandberg. We know that we did not do a good enough job protecting people's data. I'm really sorry for that, and Mark's really sorry. The division of labor between these two was, Zuckerberg famously has said, Sandberg handles things I don't want to. And basically, all Zuck wants to handle is engineering and product. I mean, it sounds like a dream work wife in a way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Don't we all want a sidekick <laughs> who just looks after everything we don't want to? That's it, that's it. But there were reports of a 2018 meeting between the two where Zuckerberg said he blamed Sandberg. 
And apparently she thought she was going to be fired. She wasn't, but I think the relationship really started to fray in those years. Author Stephen Levy wrote a book about Facebook. Uh, When he interviewed Zuckerberg, he asked if he thought Sandberg had let him down. Zuckerberg paused, offered a non-committal response. I think there was an implication there that he thought she had. So that kind of gives you a sense of the relationship at that time. And this relationship was breaking down while... Facebook was in the middle of the political spotlight. And this was also a source of tension. Sandberg had been cultivating relationships with the Democratic Party for years. She was spoken about as a potential vice presidential candidate. And this all crumbled because Zuckerberg really sought to allay the concerns of the Republicans in the post-2016 Trump era. Sandberg had been in charge of political lobbying and she was incredibly effective when Obama was in charge and the Democrats were in power. But that all crumbled as well. And so Zuckerberg started to look elsewhere for sort of political counsel. Uh, The former British uh, Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, uh, really took that over from Sandberg. And that was really the story of that time. Some of Sandberg's responsibilities started to get farmed out to other Facebook executives as the Zuckerberg-Sandberg relationship broke down. So that's 2018, though, and she's been working there for another four years. You know, it's 2022. So why has she suddenly decided to quit last week? That is the question on everyone's lips, Sasha. It really is about how I will spend my time, not how much I believe in the company. I believe in the company as much as I ever did. According to Sandberg and to Meta, she was feeling burnt out after 14 years at the company. And that's completely understandable. I've never spent 14 years at anything. I feel burnt out after four. Maybe 14 years with a phone number. That's the longest relationship (laughs) I've had. (laughs) But uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, there may be some other factors that went to the timing of this announcement. Uh, Apparently, reportedly, Meta have opened an investigation into Sandberg's use of company resources to plan an upcoming wedding. And the Wall Street Journal also contacted Meta recently to ask questions about allegations Sandberg pressed a UK tabloid to shelve an article about her former boyfriend, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick. Now, to be clear, the company denies these two stories had anything to do with the timing of Sandberg's resignation, but I guess they're stories to watch. Now, Sasha, one thing I like to do when a CEO is hired or is fired or resigns is look at the share price movement because The stock market can be a bit of a popularity contest at a time like this. If you quit and the share price goes up, that's an ego hit. That means that investors are happy that you're out the door. Similarly, if the share price falls when you resign, it means investors are sad to see you go. So you get a sense of, was I liked by the market? And we can confidently say that Sandberg was liked by the market. Meta's share price fell 3% on the news. All I can think of is I'm glad Equity Mates isn't public yet so that if I ever <laughs> quit, I won't get to find out. But that's really interesting. I mean, such a fascinating career. We could do, you know, a 10-part podcast series about what Sheryl Sandberg's done in her time at Facebook. But I think you did a really good wrap-up there. But I think what we really want to talk about today as well is what this means for Meta moving forward. So let's talk about that after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So first of all, I would give a huge amount of credit for this working to Cheryl. I think she is an amazing person. Welcome back to The Dive. We're digesting the news today that one of the most senior females in Silicon Valley and one of the most successful non-founder executives is stepping down. Cheryl Sandberg is leaving Meta. So let's turn to the company that she leaves behind. Can we learn anything about where Meta is going by her exit? Well, Sasha, Meta is at a crossroads. Here's just a few of the challenges they're facing. TikTok is taking away their users, especially younger users. Apple's privacy changes are hurting ad revenue. Zuckerberg is all in on the metaverse. Politically, Facebook remains toxic. Lawmakers in the US want to break the social media giant up. The company was worth $1 trillion in September last year. Now, after the share price has fallen 50%, it is worth $500 billion. It's tough at Meta at the moment. These last few years have been brutal for Facebook and the broader Meta portfolio. But look, you asked me where Meta is going, and I think... It's in the name. Meta is going to the metaverse. Yeah, as soon as you said Zuckerberg, the founder, is all about the metaverse. I mean, it's a founder-led company. You know that's the direction it's going to go in. And it's only a matter of time before metaverse springs up in our conversation. That's right. Over the past year, the firm has invested $10 billion into the metaverse. They've staffed up. They plan to release new headsets, VR headsets, in 2024, and they've even opened a physical store. Well, a physical store as part of going into the metaverse? It seems like a... Uh... A step backwards? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, they've got to teach us how to use VR headsets and haptic gloves and whatever else they're, they're inventing somehow. So think of it like an Apple store, but for all the hardware that Meta's going to build. True. But we're talking about Sheryl Sandberg here. Once the company changed its name and refocused on the metaverse, you could tell the clock was ticking. The reports are that she was sidelined or perhaps not interested in the move to the metaverse. There were executive meetings that she wasn't involved in. As perhaps the world's leading executive for digital ads businesses after seven years at Google, 14 years at Facebook, this hard metaverse pivot and the new focus on you know, VR headsets and, and other types of hardware may have left Sandberg feeling adrift. Adrift is still a strong word, though, because Meta made $120 billion in revenue last year. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think a lot of that was coming from the metaverse, was it? That is a very strong and well-supported limb that you're going out on, Sasha. Yeah, it's a digital ads business still. But I guess for the last decade, more than the last decade, Silicon Valley has had a really simple proposition. Give us your attention and your data and we'll give you free platforms. But that is changing. Elon Musk is buying Twitter and talking about different business models. Facebook is moving into metaverse hardware. Apple is cracking down with privacy changes. We may be seeing the end of the golden era of digital ads or at least the amount of data they can suck up and then target us with digital ads. And the amount of money that they can earn from it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is still the main part of their business and Sandberg is still incredibly important to that. But, you know, perhaps the meta teams were the sexy part of the business and the digital ad teams were sort of seen as the old Facebook. So what I'm really hearing you say loud and clear is that meta is serious about the metaverse push. This isn't a flight of fancy. This is where they're going. Is there anything else that we can learn or we need to know about the future of meta? So look, this is unconfirmed as well, but recent reporting suggests Zuckerberg's management style has perhaps 
changed uh, recently. And this resignation of Sandberg may confirm that. So, to quote recent reporting from The Economist, reports were already swirling that his management style had become more iron-fisted, taking big decisions with less counsel. Now, Zuckerberg's a bit of an outlier in the big tech industry. He's the only founder still calling the shots of any of the tech companies that crossed the trillion-dollar mark. Bezos left Amazon, Bill Gates left Microsoft, you know, Steve Jobs obviously died, but Tim Cook is in charge of Apple. So Zuckerberg remains an outlier, and he, his relationship with his sort of second in charge, his right hand, had already been breaking down, and it, the reports were that his management had become, you know, he'd become more solitary, I guess, in his decision-making, and this may confirm that. When she started, he was 23. The amount of development that you go through in the 14 years from 23 to, what, 37? He's 38 now. 38. Which is pretty crazy when you think about what he's done. When she joined the company, I was like a kid. She was actually as old as I am now. You know, you do a lot of maturing in those years. Perhaps he feels more confident to make the decisions on his own. So the second thing that we've learned is that Meta is now going to be a one-man show. Can't wait to see what the Metaverse is going to be like. I still can't really get my head around how I'm going to get involved. But let's put that aside. What's next for Sandberg? Yeah, so it remains unclear at this point. She has said that she'll be focused on philanthropy, But part of me doesn't expect that to last. It's very rare that these high-flying, hard-charging executives can go from 100 to zero that quickly. And she's still quite young. She's 52. um, So, you know, she's still got big career ahead of her. She's been talked about as a future CEO before, so that wouldn't be a surprise. But she's also known to have political ambitions. I learned a long time ago, never make any predictions about the future. Sasha, I'm here for the Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Cuban 2024 (laughs) presidential ticket. I'd be really interested to see where that would go. I have no idea about the politics of it all, but two billionaires, it would be fun to watch. (laughs) Um, Well, let's wait and see, I guess. We can hold out hope for the um, Sandberg Cuban ticket in 2024. Well, Alec, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Despite all of the recent controversy, I think we need to acknowledge what Sheryl Sandberg built and what she achieved at Facebook. Why don't you close out this episode for me with some of the numbers? As I said at the start, Sasha, Zuckerberg built a product, Sandberg built a business. I think that is Sandberg's lasting legacy. Last year, Alphabet, the owner of Google, was the only company that earned more from advertising than Meta. But here are some of the numbers. So in the year before Sandberg joined, Facebook had 500 employees. Today, it has 77,000. In the year before Sandberg joined, Facebook brought in 153 million in revenue. Today, it brings in 118 billion. And it's safe to say that outside Mark Zuckerberg, no one has done more to make those numbers happen. Those are staggering numbers and just a real testament to her success and I guess talents as an executive. I agree with you. I'm curious to see where she's going to go next. Thanks so much for joining us for today's edition of The Dive. If there's a story you want us to talk about, contact us at thedive at equitymates.com or follow us on any of the social media channels. All those details, as per usual, in the show notes below. Remember to rate and review us in your favorite podcast app and subscribe so that every time a new episode drops, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, it's going to be there right in your podcast player. You don't have to go searching for it. Thanks so much for joining me today, Alec. Thanks, Sasha. Glad you're back. (laughs) Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equitymates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. 
We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. Thank you.